Hello and welcome back my partners in crime, welcome back to Murder Analyze for another true crime. Now today's case is an unsolved case and we can date it right back, I think the last time this young girl was seen was on the 6th of December 2000, so we're in 2022 now, so this is a long time ago. So, you know, it's difficult, I know, for people to remember, and um, but if you do know anything at the end of this video and also on the slides, there will be information where you can um, say anything that you know about this case. As I always say when we have unsolved murders and missing and stuff like this, loyalties change and I think that someone really would know something about what happened to this girl. This girl knew lots of people. So listen, this case is the Zoe Louise Parker case. Now as I said she went missing or was last seen on the 6th of December to, um, 2000. Um, she had learning difficulties, she also had mental health, she had spent some time, um, a couple of times um, she was sectioned under mental health. She was at the point, I think, when she was um, gone missing, she had a place in Hertfordshire run by, um, you know, like a, a council and stuff, but she decided not to stay there and went back then onto the streets of London. This girl was mainly known in Hounslow area of West London, but she also had links not only to London, but to Colchester and um, Bournemouth. So, and I'll tell you now, this girl knew a lot of people, which makes it very difficult when you have a girl that is quite streetwise, even though she had learning difficulties. She preferred, I think, that she didn't like to be um, told what to do. And, so we would stay in hostels and stuff, you know, in various places, sleep on people's sofas and all this sort of stuff with throughout all these areas, throughout all these areas. But she was last seen in London on CCTV and you'll see this come up. It, it's a grainy image and she was seen with two men um, on that date. That was the last date really that anyone saw her alive. So um, she was also, known when in desperate times to turn to sex work as many people on the streets do both men and women have done this but Zoe's case was also turned to sex work because she wanted a bed for the night now this is a big problem now and um, we're seeing this all over actually um the UK at the minute that this is happening and um I have spoke to some people and they say they charge about 20 pounds but they'd rather just have that bed for the night, they can have a bath or a shower, and um, these men can, and women, and in this case with Zoe, these men could do anything to them for that £20. So when we're looking at finding someone that's killed Zoe, you're looking, the, the, you know, it, it, it's widening, isn't it, really? You know, when we have someone go missing in an isolated area and they don't know many people, they're not on the streets, they don't occasionally then, you know, in desperate times go to do sex work, which really then opens up, you know, when we're looking for a predator, it's just a massive message now. It's a search, you know, like a needle in a haystack, really. Very difficult to find. I think what's significant about this girl's murder is the way that she was murdered and also the way that she was dumped. So the upper part of Zoe's body was found in the Thames and it was discovered in the River Thames on the 17th of December. So again, she was last seen on the 6th, but on the 17th of December, her upper torso part of the body was found. 
Now on this, because they, they believe that their body had been in the water between about 7 and 21 days. They think, right, they think, they don't really know. Now the problem is, is when anybody is immersed in water for so long, you know, there's going to be no DNA, there's going to be nothing. But when you have a torso sliced in half, and they think the murder weapon that was used was something like a samurai sword, and it is unknown because of the body that's left in water for so long. It is unknown whether Surrey was alive when she was cut in half with the sword or dead. It's very difficult to tell. Now on this body, and this is how they know it was Surrey, um, she had a tattoo, she had like a red rose tattoo with her name Zoe put on it and I'll show you that and that was on her neck. Now luckily it was the top half of the body found because then that how, that's how they identified her and uh, her poor family would have been distraught really, wouldn't they? So when we now think about this body's been found in this river and the way now that it was, you know, when, the way she was murdered, it does give us a clue to the killer, right? This isn't, you know, is it sexually motivated? No, we wouldn't know because we can't find the bottom half. But no, not really. I don't believe it, that this was sexually motivated. We are talking about someone here that really enjoyed this sort of a kill. You know, to slice someone clean in half and only chop the top half of her body in the Thames River what happened to the bottom half. Now there is a lot of things that I've been said about different suspects in this case and we've done a, a, one video already on one of the suspects in this case and we'll go into him in a little while. But this is where the police have found it really difficult now to get suspects. About five people have been questioned in relation to this. I think the two people in the CCTV um, may have had something to do with it they don't know. Um, I think when we look at the two main suspects that I've picked out and that has also been looked at as through this investigation over the years, we're going to have a look at whether they could have done it, which, you know, they could have, um, but whether it's really their way of, of killing. Um, one definitely, and, you know, it's very difficult, isn't it? So, Zoe Parker also went by the name of um, Kathy Dennis. Now, the reason she changed her name was she wanted to start anew. Now, don't forget, we have a girl with learning difficulties and with mental health here. So, she believed that in changing her name, that she would could start anew, start afresh. Because really, all Zoe wanted to be is loved, right? She, she did. And when you look talk to the family members and stuff you know she just wanted to be loved really but because of her learning difficulties and her mental health she did come across sometimes quite aggressive she wanted she just wouldn't stop talking she needed to get everything out and i think people with learning difficulties and sometimes when they have mental health they want to talk about their experiences and it goes over and over and over and then sometimes it distances people from them the, but the thing is with Zoe, with this name change, it's another thing that's added now to how do you find someone who has extensive sort of reach, whether in London, Bournemouth, Colchester, all these other places she had, now going by two different names. 
So when you are trying to solve a crime like this, it's very difficult because the suspect, Paul, really, when we look at it, because of her lifestyle, being on the streets, sex work and all this stuff, and also being um, a person that was well known, that if she met someone and they said, oh, hello, she believed that they loved her. And so she would then go off with them as well. So we have a lifestyle of a person that met many, many people, changed her name, and has this far reach of an in, in area and geographic area that you really have to cover for a suspect. It's very, very difficult when you're trying to solve a crime like this, that you know, with someone that's really not in an isolated area and it's much more easier to um even find suspects, not saying that you would actually find the killer, but you would have a multiple of suspects much more easier if you was only investigating in a, ge a certain geographical area. Now most killers, it is known that usually work within about a five mile radius of their home. It, they, they do, and the reason for that is for one of them it's easy to escape, they know the area, they sort of plan the area, but that's not always the case. Some killers do travel either because of their jobs or whatever would take them to different areas of the country and so therefore when you are trying to plan out how to solve a crime like this you know it's just massive and I think this is one of the reasons as well why this crime hasn't been solved but I do believe that there are people out there that know what happened to Zoe there must be really people that know but um, no one's come forward, unfortunately. So I suppose the main suspect in this case would be Anthony Hardy. Now I've done that case on, on um, Murder Analyzed and you can have a look at that and if I remember I'll put the link in the description for you. Now Anthony was a um, serial killer and it's, it's, he's known to have killed a few without doubt and he was charged for a few but it is, it's probably thought that he killed up to about 12. Now, this is his MO, right? It, it really is. But when we see the CCTV of um, Zoe on that 6th of December, that them two men didn't look anything like him. And Anthony was really more as an, of an isolated killer because of his mental health. He had schizophrenia and he's unmedicated schizophrenic. Plus he had other issues um, going on with him. But yes, he did, the way that he did kill was to get these women into his property and you know they didn't know what they was walking into to tell the truth and then he did like to chop up their bodies um I, I don't know whether he used a samurai sword but you listen with Anthony you just never know um with him so he would have been in this area he was I think arrested in 2003 so around 2000 he would have been probably within this area he was the Camden um or Camden Ripper in London that that's what he was known for because of the way that he um, dismembered these bodies. So he could have known Zoe, right? He could have. Without a doubt, he could have. And, you know, it would have been very unfortunate for Zoe, really, you know, because when she went missing in 2000, there was also another serial killer also in this area, but Hardy was also in this area, definitely this time. And they sort of lived the same lifestyle. He was on the streets for quite a while before the local authority gave him this flat. And he would um, keep parts of the bodies in there, but also then put the rest of the parts of the body that he didn't need into black bags and put them outside his flat. And these bags were taken, really, because he was putting them in just ordinary rubbish bags, 
and without knowing the um, you know bin men were taking these body parts really and that could have happened to Sui right to the bottom half of Sui's body but he I don't think he was known for chucking people in the Thames really and it was the Battersea end that he threw her in or that or that's where she was found so she could have come down the river but you know the thing is with Anthony with Anthony is that how did he get her there if it was him so yes it could have been him right absolutely it could have been him and he died I think in 2019 in prison he got like he was never going to be out but in 2019 he died of Covid in prison and listen he was never ever going to say he'd been well questioned this is 22 years ago this murder he'd been well questioned as soon as he was arrested in 2003 and that he would have been questioned over this murder and um, but the thing is with Anthony Harvey I don't think he would have ever even remembered to tell you the truth because he was in such a psychotic state at the time um, and he had been for a very long time um, to remember exactly who or what he did to tell you the truth I, I, I don't know so if it was him um, one of the things I don't think it's him because I don't think he was known for chucking body parts in the river it just wasn't him he, he just dumped them really outside I mean these body parts were found really only by accident he was caught only by accident because a homeless man was searching through rubbish for food and found body parts and then that's how then they found out about Anthony so he wasn't known to chuck body parts in the river so I think that takes him out of the equation in this I really do so I think in 2001 in March 2001 police were investigating uh, the murder of Zoe but they was also looking at this other suspect and this was this John Sweeney oh, nasty piece of work this man is he also liked to dismember body parts. Now one of his victims was um, Paula um, Fields. Now the police found her body parts um, in uh, I think the Regent's Canal and that was in King's Cross area on the 19th of February 2001. So this is this other killer now that we have going around. He was also killed someone I think and dumped her body parts in Amsterdam but he was in London also around this time. Um, with um, Sweeney he kept sort of detailed notes really but not notes that me you could read and sort of understand it was all sort of done in you know like a P or you know for Paula and and they did think that in this um, book when they found this letter P and saying about you know she's in the canal and stuff that it could have been also you know Parker Zoe Parker couldn't it um, the thing is with um, Sweeney again he would never ever uh, admit to anything unless you're putting that evidence straight in front of him he is not going to tell you anything um, and you know until he knows that you've got him and even then he, he really doesn't care right he, he just doesn't care he's an absolute killer and he would have killed many many more people that we don't know about and he's never been caught for so it is possible that Surrey could have been one of his victims it is he was in this area at the same time his MO really was to dismember bodies, but he usually liked to chop off the head and the hands. He never usually chopped them in half. So again, we have a signature of a killer here, which is not the same as the other usually signatures of the killers. One wouldn't 
like Hardy wouldn't chuck things in the river this one chucked body parts in the river or bodies in the river but only missing certain things he liked to decapitate and take their hands off that's what he liked to do he didn't remove if it was him he didn't remove so his head her upper torso was perfect she had been sliced in half with something like a samurai sword that's what they're saying this isn't also really how this man enjoyed to kill this wasn't really it so i you know, yes, I, you can't 100% say that Sweeney had nothing to do with her. We, we, we don't know because, one, he was in London at that time. He, um, he may have changed for that. I, I, I just don't think it's him. And I think in his diaries, you know, when you look into his diaries and stuff and the way he wrote, I think he was more talking about Paula than he was talking about Parker. So Paula Fields, this other one that he murdered. Mostly the girls that he murdered were people that he knew he was in some relationship with, you know. Um, Hardy, no. Hardy would have killed you if you'd gone back to this place. I mean, really, he would have just killed you um, because of the way, he, the way he was and the way he sort of um, behaved. So in both these cases, right, it is possible, really, that both these suspects could have done these murders. But when you look more deeper into it, there's issues that you'd think they didn't. That means then that we still have a killer out there. So, okay, okay, let's go back to the CCTV. Because none of this CCTV looks like the two suspects that were brought up here. Hardy was quite a big man, actually, to tell you the truth. And always wore sort of black clothing. And we have seen... In this when we look at the descriptions of these people one was wearing lighter clothing one was wearing dark but it didn't look like hardy to tell you the truth these it's hard to see isn't it it was 2000 it was a grainy image but that's the only image we've got of zoe that was their last image on in there that doesn't mean to say she went missing on that day that's the last image of her on that day because her links were throughout london so, so i think the only other thing is really with this case is about the body itself right there didn't seem to be any other injuries on this body. Not at all. Nothing. So, was she incapacitated? Was she drunk? Was she drugged? Or something before this? There seemed to be no other injuries to her body apart from her being cut in half. That's significant, really. Right? Or was she already dead? You know, but there's, you know, the, the, the top part of the body showed no other injuries, nothing. She was literally just chopped in half. And I think, you know, when you think of someone murdered, there's usually some violence in it first, isn't there? You know, there really is. They're fighting, they're gonna have marks, they're gonna have bruises, they're gonna have this, that and the other on them. There was nothing, there was, this wasn't consistent actually, I think with when you're looking at um, someone that's been murdered you know, where you really think you're going to find other stuff. Now, that wouldn't matter if this body was in water or not. You you would be able to tell that, and the coroner would have been able to tell that. I think it's very difficult when you talk about when this person, whoever's killed Zoe, didn't try and weigh this body down at all. This body was not wrapped. Now, Hardy wrapped his bodies in black bags. He would never have just thrown that body apart in that river 
it would have been in a black bag. It probably wouldn't have been weighed down, but it would have been in a rubbish bag. That was the way that Hardy worked, really. Sweeney, no, didn't. He just chucked them in. So there's that. But, you know, it's like they wanted her found. They wanted to see their work out there, really. You know, but where, <laughs> question is really, is where is the bottom half of her body? Where is it? Because that's never been found. It's never been found. It's a very strange case, this one. It's, it's a very sad case because this young girl really had issues, right? We know she had issues. She was living on the streets. She was occasionally doing sex work to get a bed. She was well known to frequent all the pubs and the clubs and stuff in London. She sort of liked that lifestyle. She was very naive and vulnerable person that if a man said he liked her, that was it, you know, she was in love. And of course, the next morning, they didn't want to know her. I, I think with this case, it's, it's so sad, isn't it, when we think of a 24-year-old girl with such difficulty in life and probably started off her life quite difficulty. And now she did have an aunt and she did just have her mother and stuff. And her aunt had a lot to do with her. And um, her mother had given her up quite young, I think. And that's why she was brought up in care. And um, I think it's, I think these people are suffering enough and I don't really want to go into things of that why. But, you know, um, this child or this girl, this 24 year old girl, suffered terribly, I think. You know, what a way to die, really. And to be discarded like that in, in the River Thames. Now this in the River Thames for hundreds of years. You know, if that river could talk, um, it's, it's terrible. You know, organised crime have used it all the time and everything else, you know, to get rid of uh, bodies. You know, we've got loads of things going on in that River Thames. But to just have this body literally floating down there, and this was the Battersea end that it was um, found by someone. It's shocking, isn't it, really? So if you have any information on this case, and I know it's an old case, um, I'll leave you some numbers that you can contact and the detectives. I mean, at the moment, it is a cold case, right? Because there just isn't any leads coming in and haven't been coming in for many years. But when we think about unsolved, and I hate doing unsolved, right? I, I hate it. Because I think about the families, you know? I think about the people left behind. They have no answers. Yes, they have half her body, they could bury, but they don't know what happened to her. You know, there's no justice for Zoe, is there, really, when you think about it? And that's the thing I hate about Unsolved. And also the worst thing is, I suppose, that if this killer wasn't Sweeney or wasn't Hardy or any of the other five that they've investigated and let go, then who was it? And is he still out there? What else has he done? Or what else will he do? So listen, this has been a very sad case, I know, and it's an unsolved case of Zoe Parker. And um, there isn't really much else to say about this case, but it's a significant case to think that if there is a killer out there, you know, we need to be worried, even 22 years later. Because this, London is such a transient city as well, you're going to have people coming from Europe and everywhere else. This person may have just been passing through and done this and then moved on. This person could be in prison. It could have been one of the suspects that we've mentioned. It may not have been, right? 
that sooner or later this person may come back into our city and that is a worry so listen thank you for watching this case and until the next time bye bye